welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Jenny, welcome to the podcast. How are you this morning? Hello, good. Thank you, Yuri. Nice yeah. to be here. Thank you. Or actually, afternoon, your time, because of fun time zones. True. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and in Europe, it is just roughly about one o'clock. So. Excellent. Yes. So I'd like to hear how you describe yourself and what you do. <laughs> okay. I'd say, um, overall, um, I kind of like to, I've been sort of branding this as my, my tagline is an artistpreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that's, it's not a new term. I didn't come up with it. Um, but it's some, somebody that is an artist. Um, I, I'm a musician, a singer, um, but is also interested in being an entrepreneur and, um, has kind of a blend of both and is interested in, in growing businesses and kind of, you know, getting out the best practices that you possibly can. Um, I, I'm working with a startup right now. Um, the name is Unusify and, uh, we are, you know, getting started in the music streaming and crowdfunding space, which I I can talk about Mm -hmm. in depth, um, about what we're doing. Um, building an exciting product. Um, and it's something that, uh, I never thought that I'd be doing right now at this, this stage. So this is part of being an artist. You're sort of taking things on, um, that you didn't really expect before and you sort of run it in an, an agile way. And I, I say this a lot because I think to be an artist, you have to kind of understand where you've, where you've gone, what you're doing now and where you want to go and where your goals are. And, um, you know, and sometimes that can be a really unique path and that can lead you down a multiple different paths as mm-hmm. well. Um, but the end goal in mind is to really just lead your best life. And I have a quote that I, I put on and everywhere and it's from, uh, Maya Angelou and, mm-hmm. um, you know, life is pure adventure. And yeah, I, as soon as we realize that it's that life becomes art. And to me, that is the most important thing. And I always look to artists. I always look to writers um, for that inspiration first. And at one point, I think I even had on my profile, I had like inspiration seeker, you know, like LinkedIn first started. <laughs> yeah. It's just really ridiculous because then I got all these questions like, what's an inspiration seeker? I'm like, OK, all right, I'll take that off. <laughs> and I'll just, you know, I'll just use a quote from a writer. I think that might be better. Um but yeah, so I think it's just it's just a part of um, you know creating uh, new things um, and creating new environments uh, that you can thrive in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that really is what an artist does, and that's what an entrepreneur does uh, when they are starting their business and going to make it successful. So mm-hmm. that's kind of um, what I do. I, I've got a very diverse background. <laughs> if you want to go more into depth on that, I, um, but it's kind of zigzagged all across the place. So I can't really say, yeah. 
Dunlop Fangirl. Yeah, so, um, so uh, yeah, I'm just going to ask that one big question because in researching what you've done, you, I always thought that I had a diverse, bizarre background. <laughs> and it's always nice to meet somebody else who's also been zigzagging all over the place. But so you, I first would like to hear how your journey from voice in college has then led to what you're doing now in blockchain. So I know that's a big question, so I'll let yeah. you kind of pick and choose in between those just because I know there's a lot of details in between. Sure, sure. Well, um, I think I kind of have an advantage um, growing up in Silicon Valley, the Bay Area, right mm-hmm. before the big tech boom. So, um, But at the same time, I come from a very musical family, um, and I was always you know, uh, promoted and encouraged to learn an instrument and really, you know, um, be exposed to the arts at a very, very young age. So uh, whether it was going to a concert or playing the piano and taking lessons or um, taking ballet, I was just always exposed to it. And it's just sort of something that I, I gravitate, gravitated towards, um, you know, throughout my, my young life and in, in high school and in college. And it's funny because I am quite tall and I would always get asked to be on, um, like, the volleyball team yeah. <laughs> or the basketball team. And I just – it was just not for me. I just yeah. wasn't, like, a, I, you know, a, a, into team sports. But I always wanted to, you know, try out for the for the plays and, and sing, and that was just more my thing. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, my dad worked for IBM, um, and I – we had we had one of the first Macs, um, you know, we had the Apple II uh, growing up and, you know, he took them apart at home and I just saw all this and it was fascinating to me. Um, and my brother went through customer, um, computer science in, in college. So I was just always around it. I've just always been um, kind of in the tech space and, you know, living literally down the street from Apple mm-hmm. was also, um, you know, fascinating because just to watch the company grow. And then, um, you know, I, I went and I pursued voice uh, over journalism when I was at uh, Colorado. And I know very random. Um, Wait, but so wh- that's why? just what I gravitated towards. Okay. It just really was. Yeah. I mean, I, I was in the journalism school and I was going to go take these classes and I was thinking I wanted to be a news anchor. Mm-hmm. And then I just got, I mean, it just made me really depressed to think about all of these news stories that I'd have to churn out. So, I really wanted to do something else and more okay. exciting. And I, I watched my first opera um, at Boulder, Colorado. It was La Boheme, and my teacher was in it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I really just kind of like was enamored by mm-hmm. all of that that just came together on stage, the historical perspective, the, the costumes, the designs, the sets. I mean, it was really just fascinating for a whole hour. And I mean, I found that I also had a voice for it. Mm-hmm. However, being an artist, you do need to support yourself. Um, I don't, you know, I, I come from a, a working class family mm-hmm. and um, they were also in real estate as well. So my mother was in, in her whole life. So I always learned that and went on, went on many different um, uh, real estate outings with her. So I gravitated towards that when I was in college right after that was my first job. That's where I, I'm going with that. And and all of my friends oh, okay. were starting to move to New York and, yeah. uh, you know, pursue the life in New York of auditioning and, you know, um, trying to make it big. So that's 
that's what I, my goal was as soon as I graduated. And instead of moving to New York and working as a waitress, I actually got a job at a real estate firm. <laughs> and they asked me when I wanted to start. And I said within three weeks and it happened to be equity residential. So, mm-hmm. um, and there was a property manager there for almost seven years while still singing and taking lessons and, uh, you know, working out all of those details of balancing both. Um, but then I decided to leave uh, New York and I, I went and sang in, in Europe. And we do all of these these programs and training, um, you know, courses when, mm-hmm. when you're a singer. Sometimes you get, um, you know, you get misdiagnosed, I like to say, um, from a, a different range of voice types. So <laughs> you have to really try that <laughs> out um, to see where you fit. Um, and, uh, you know, si- singers are, are just wonderful people in general because they are always trying new, new things. And, you know, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I went to Europe and then I came back and went to California. I said, OK, enough of this, Jenny. I've got to, you know, I've got to settle down and really find a, <laughs> a real career. <laughs> <laughs> and I went back to Silicon Valley. Um, you know, meanwhile, I'm, I, I, have, I have friends everywhere. I had mm-hmm. many different relationships. I think I probably dated more city than I dated men. But I mean, the point, the point was that I, I decided, okay, the West coast is where I need to be. That's where my family is. Okay. Um, let's make a go at it. And I said to myself at the same time, I was like, I really want to work for a startup. I really want to try this entrepreneurial side of me, um, you know, and see what I can, what I can do, what I can bring value wise to mm-hmm. a company. So lo and behold, I um, didn't end up working at a startup, but I got an opportunity to work at Apple. <laughs> and um, I was there like within two weeks at, at uh, a project um, for Apple Maps. And I always tell people, yeah, I work at Apple. And they're like, oh, really? The retail store? I'm like, yes, thank you. <laughs> that makes me feel really good. <laughs> I bet it does. Like, no, actually, I was, uh, you know, pretty, pretty close to the corporate office. So. Yeah. Wait, so um, b- before you move on further, that how did that conversation go? Because I know, so in my in my own life, when I when I did make the transition from a more artistic career to a more, let's say, like working for a traditional company, there mm-hmm. was a lot of selling I had to do to connect the dots for them between my resume and my experience. How did your like that first interview go, where you were, let's say, transitioning from from that? Granted, you had some already like background in real estate, so did that make it easier or more difficult? So that is actually a really great, great question, because they were always very interested. Everyone's always interested about my background as being a singer and, you know, and what I'm doing with that. And uh, if I'm still pursuing opera Um, and that did come up in in the interview, but there was like two rounds of interviews. And I always go from this premise of be so good that they can't ignore you. Mm -hmm. I think it was I think it was Steve Martin that said it. So they gave me this like. sort of like aptitude test, like, uh, tell us what you can do before we hire you kind of thing. And so I, I did that and I just went above and beyond. And I, I created like what it should have been one page. I created like three pages (laughs) and they were just like, so enthralled by the amount of like research that I put into this three page document that they were like, they didn't even, they didn't even really care about my background because I knew what skills that I could bring at that point, you know, and that's really all that, all that they cared about. But um, it wasn't it wasn't me just selling um, myself as as a, as a singer. It was me selling my my thinking. It was mm-hmm. se- selling my, um, my my artistic way 
And like I say, this agile thinking of, you know, what, what is not working? What do we need to research? Um, you know, where, where are we at now and where are we going to go forward? And, um, in that space, I was researching, you know, queries for, um, you know, um, maps, uh, as well, just point to point destinations. We were just, it was very technical and very boring. Um, it was not exciting at all. <laughs> But, um, you know, it was just something that uh, I, I got to be a part of. And okay. it was because of my experience in New York that I also got hired. So it was my technical experience as well as this, you know, agile thinking I'm talking about, mm-hmm. um, as well as my experience being in New York. So this is the thing when you're an artist, you never know what you did in the past is going to come and help you in your next step in your future. Mm-hmm. And they always I've read this so many times by uh, different authors and um, successful, you know, business people that, um, they never realized that what they had done in the past was going to actually help them, um, and what they were doing and what they're going forward. So it was just completely ironic, um, that I was, you know, in, in, in Cupertino working for Apple and, uh, I was actually also working remotely as well. So I still at the same time pursued singing while I was working for them. So, yeah, and I, I consistently do that when, when I can fit it in. Okay. Um, but yeah, so to come back to why and how I'm in you know blockchain now um, is sort of the same way because I, I went to um, do this program in Milan, uh, which is the uh, Teatro de la Poliroma, and um, I did a, an internship there mm-hmm. um, and worked for um, and worked for the theater. And, uh, throughout that process, I just realized that, you know, that really is a, a, an exciting experience for me to go through, but, um, it wasn't kind of where I wanted to be. I, I felt like that I could use my, my skills and my knowledge, um, in a different way. So that's why I, um, started research other, other, uh, programs and, um, other businesses that I could be a part of. Um, and that's when I really came to the idea of, okay, I'm going to start freelancing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done all this marketing and PR for, um, Opera Roma and I put together a, a video for them and, uh, you know, help them out with like their social media uh, presence. And, uh, I go on angel list and find I musify. And that was, um, you know, last, oh gosh, it was last winter. So December, January, and about that same time, of course, I'm, I'm listening and hearing a lot about blockchain mm-hmm. um, and what cryptocurrency is and, um, of course, the fluctuations of, of Bitcoin and Ethereum. Of course, we're all hearing that, right? You know, right. I mean, until you really dive deep into it, you don't know what, what it is other than, okay, Bitcoin's, you know, got the next millionaire or somebody else has lost money because they sent a transaction or, you know, so... Uh, it just depends. I'm, I'm always into doing so much research. Um, I like to like read five different articles before I get one idea, um, and, and take that for the truth. And I was like, there's gotta be more of this hype, like that this has been going on for, you know, um, three or four years. And I know I had heard about it before cause I worked for another company, um, that's uh, FinTech mm-hmm. and they actually, um, you know, help wall street, analysts um, to find out discrepancies between um, whether the, their put in calls are um, going to go 
in one way or another. So they were trying to integrate at that time, which was like two years ago, the, this blockchain technology, but they just couldn't find a way to do it. And um, I had heard about it then, but then I started doing some of my own research and I was like, this is really super fascinating because for existing databases, this could really change the way that we interact with everything, um, whether it's IoT, whether it's, um, you know, something that, that we have in our own, our own personal transaction, um, whether it's peer to peer, whether it's, uh, like with a large database, as I'm saying, um, you know, in insurance, medical fields, all of this, um, is really going to change the way that we're, we're doing business. So that's the fascinating part. Um, but that's the technology that's underlying. And they have the cryptocurrency on top of that, which is tokenizing things. And that's not really necessary. Um, for some industries, but some people are still doing it because it's fascinating and it's exciting. And, um, you know, when you talk about uh, companies going through the ICOs, it, it's really just comes down to a great marketing campaign, you know, um, and putting out, uh, some crazy designs out there. Um, and we do that all the time, you know, as, as an artist, I feel like, um, being an artist and entrepreneur, we just naturally do that because we know how to promote ourselves and we know how to promote what, what we're doing at the time to, to make it seem like it's the best. I've been around singers so much my entire life. Um, and they just, they just know how to promote. It's like a natural thing. So for me to walk into this position at a startup, um, and be the, you know, marketing officer, it just sort of naturally happened. I didn't walk into them and, and say, Hey, I, I want to be your, you know, the CMO promote me. No, it just sort of naturally happened. Um, and literally I walked in with the idea of, I was just going to do some freelance. I was going to help them out with their social media. Mm-hmm. And after being on the calls with them, after researching their, um, business plan, their white paper, uh, the website, the way we were going was going to be putting up a WordPress. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you've got to, you've got to do something different and you've got to do something unique because the market's already saturated out there, out there with existing companies that are trying to do what we're trying to do. Yeah. And you have to be better than that. And you have to assess what's already out there first in your research, realize what you have, and then put something else out there that's, that's your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what we're doing right now. Um, and that's what, what we're based upon, but I really like it because we're also based on community and I'm meeting so many different people that ha- either have an artist background. Um, I think a majority of people on the team are actually all musicians in some form and some genre and, uh, and all have like a, you know, background in, in tech as well. So it's uh, really exciting to see, how the the diversity um, that that brings us together. And I think music does that and music has that piece. And if we keep that going this direction with, um, you know, the community space and also this idea about having technology being better, um, you know, for artists in some way, I think it could really, it could really make a difference. And that's, that's where, where I want to go. And that's how I came to be where I'm at now. <laughs> Very long-winded description. No, that's it's, it's absolutely fascinating uh, on how, okay. kind of, again, you know, how people's journeys un- change and unravel um, just based on opportunities available. So you said something very interesting that I kind of want to talk about, and that's your love of research. And um, so 
I'm very similar in that way, and I always now chalk it up to the fact that because I was a classically trained set and costume designer, I would spend hours and hours and hours before the designs, like, learning everything about the time period and the people and the clothing and all kinds of things that were there. So naturally, in my current position for a tech company, the research part is the easiest thing because I'm always fascinated by finding out what happened beforehand and, and where things are going. And I would imagine that's very similar for um, actors and and singers because part of your looking into the role is finding all the background of the character in the time period. Do you, in your own kind of career, see that there's a... Is there a connection for you between what you were doing in your, I guess, now... Um, you know, your current positions now and what you were doing in voice and opera on the research side? Hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's very interesting that you brought you brought that up. Um, because, yes, as as an artist, as a singer, you really have to dive deep into where these stories came from. Um, you know, they didn't just come out of nothing, um, you know, for instance, you know, you have you have La Traviata, right, um, which Verdi created from a from a book, from a, a play. Um, and I believe it was the, the Lady of the Carmelites. Um, and, you know, it was based on a theoretical, um, you know, a, 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 a theoretical um, idea that that a woman needed to uh, belong to a man. Um, it was also part of the socioeconomic status that was happening during at, at the time, the turn of the century, the 18th century. But um, it, it's really interesting because um, you know we we research these things because it's a part of the history. It's a part of what has happened before. And we want to understand that, um, and we want to be able to bring something to the forefront on our own, um, and. I see so much in this age right now um, and millennials in general um, that this tech space, everything is just brought to us right away Mm -hmm. that nobody is really interested in what's happened before. um, And nobody really pays attention to it because everything's just given to us in a matter of seconds, you know, Um, whether it's a television show or whether it's a, you know, a, a teaser or a commercial and, for artists, um, you know, and people in, involved in theater, you really want to know where that came from. Like, why, why did that, wh- wh- where did that, um, you know, nuance come from that, that, should, that they're feeling in that moment? Um, why is this character doing this in, um, in this way um, or moving in this, in this dress or in, in a set piece? And mm-hmm. um, when you think about um, technology, um, we're, we're all coming from, you know, uh, what Albert Einstein did, you know, and, uh, even what, my, what, uh, Leonardo da Vinci came up with it, with his, de- his designs. I mean, everything is right there, um, as the basis of our technology, but nobody thinks about that. The only thing about 20 years ago, you know, when they, um, decided to, that the, you know, the computer is going to change our, our entire world. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it's 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 interesting because I'm I'm constantly telling my um, my teammates that let's take a moment to step step back and research you know some other companies of what they've done where they're at um, what they're bringing to the space and how we can be different um, and let's do a comparison because if we don't do this comparison if we don't do this research then our our users and our um, consumers are going to do that for us. 
And they're going to say, well, how are you any different than this other company? Right. How are you any different than, than Apple Music? How are you any different than Spotify? Um, and this is a part of the, um, the user experience and um, the testing uh, of that. Because when you're bringing a product to market, and um, I'm still learning all the time. And this is my also my, my piece, too, is that I really love to learn about every single aspect of business and what we do and what we feel and what we, you know, our, our, our tactical components in our daily lives and attribute that to why we do it. You know, um, some people don't think in that way. They just say, I just do this because I like it. Yeah. Well, why do you like it? You know, why do you want to go and, you know, play and stream your music um, versus maybe purchase, a, a, you know, a per play download? Um, on on Apple Music because that's really what's happening right now in the um, in the musical space is Apple just you know cut out their uh, paper play downloads and now everything's gone to streaming is that really what the user wants is that really what everyone wants is that what what artists want and you know to get out of it as well so these are these are some of the questions we have to we have to ask mm-hmm. um, and as an artist and as a researcher, you have to ask the right questions um, in order to get to the heart of why things are happening. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because we get so much information sent to us in all different avenues now, um, from mobile to laptops to television to ads, that we don't get to think for ourselves and we don't get to connect these these dots um, on our own. And I think that's going to be really important when we're teaching younger students or entrepreneurs that you really need to take a step back and research what has been done before. Um, and not just in a, in a surface level, but really why people are doing what they're doing. Um, that, that is the question you have to ask yourself, um, when you're bringing a product or you're starting a business or you're offering a service because otherwise, if you can't answer that, then somebody else is going to answer that for you, and they're going to look towards somebody, somebody else or some other company um, for that to, you know, really just get their their needs resolved or whatever they want. So, yeah. Yeah. In so, in your own journey, let's um, say even in the last, you know, so it's June now, six months from when you entered into the the blockchain space, are there particular books that you have gravitated to um, or or online courses or even let's say mentors who have helped and guided your your business kind of trajectory okay um no not really um i have not i've not like picked up a book about blockchain to be honest (laughs) um i have not picked up a book about uh technology because um I feel like I just I understand the human experience and I understand what technology can do mm-hmm. um, as a part of that. So I, I'm really a classicist. I, I mean, I go back and I'm I'm, I'm reading right now um, the autobiography of a, a yogi because Steve Jobs that was the only book that he had, and I was like, why is that is really the only book that he could possibly have? 
um, on his Kindle. Or I was like, that's Kindle, his iPad. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. Of I course. have the Kindle. Right. You have the Kindle. Version. But um, yeah, and I, I just, I'm curious. Like, I, I was really fascinated because I was, I was like, he's like the best entrepreneur that we've had out there, you know, and we're quoting him left and right. But he was, um, he just was really into med- meditation um, mm-hmm. and really into quieting the mind. And I think that's going to be the, the biggest piece of, um, I, I think our silence is going to be probably our luxury and, in, in, um, you know, going forward in the next couple of years, because we're just getting it, we're getting so much information. Um, but I would say really just just read um, all of the, you know, articles on, on Medium. Um, that's really the best way. Um, that's the best way I've, I've learned about what's happening behind the scenes, um, as well as is going to other platforms like like GitHub, um, Udemy has some really great short courses too. Also YouTube, um, they have some really interesting ways of explaining what's out there, but you know, there are, it's clouded right now by a lot of these YouTube reviewers who are trying to give their, their own opinions on, on projects or things like that. So it's really just taking everything, um, everything from really the past to, um, where we're at now and kind of researching the future. But I, like I said, I've not really picked up a book on, on, on blockchain. I've gone to a lot of, um, I've gone to maybe like three different conferences mm-hmm. and everybody has their, their own take on why we're using it and for what, in, which industries we need to be using it right. for, um, which is, you know, uh, it's it's complicated complicated because uh, the governments right now are really restricting any sort of ICO or use of cryptocurrencies. Um, and it, once it gets adopted, I think by a large, uh, maybe retailer or uh, large larger industry infrastructure, maybe like real estate, um, then we could see the tides turn a little bit more, and then we can understand that it might be more of a mass adoption. But mm-hmm. a lot of the traditionalists that are, you know. Um, are in trading and wall street. They're looking at cryptocurrencies as the, it's just too high of a volatility Mm -hmm. um, for the valuation to work in our everyday world. And we are even looking at that too, with our, with our startup and what we're um, evaluating right now. And we are, you know, pegging our IMU, which is our native cryptocurrency to Neo, which is uh, the platform that we're built upon. So it's going to be interesting because all of these instruments now are related to other instruments in a way that you would never see that before. You would just see, um, you know, maybe currencies or, uh, you know, the general sense, U.S. dollar to the euro, um, you know, and what which which is going to win out over that. But, um, you know, now it's there's going to be so many. Um, that, that are coming onto this space that it's, it, it will balance itself out. I do, I do believe that it will. Um, it's just going to take some time and it's going to take some, some adoption on some on larger industries in order to do that. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the startup you're in right now. So, um, so I'm Usify. What, so what are you trying to, uh, accomplish and solve with your startup? Well, right now we, we are really, trying to make sure that the artists are getting paid for their fair use of their, of their rights, um, you know, and their fair, uh, creation, you know, mm-hmm. whatever they're, they're bringing to the market and whether it's a piece of music that they've thought about, um, and they've, uh, produced 
and what they want to bring that out to the public and then sell that. Um, or if it's somebody who's going to be like a, a rendering artist that, uh, you know, it puts playlists together and he wants to, um, you know, get paid for that as well. So this is all about fair compensation for, for artist okay. rights um, is really the idea. But the other idea, too, is that it's also a streaming service. Um, that allows for artists, it's going to be completely peer to peer. Um, once we, uh, you know, get the product, product going. Um, and it's going to be a complete ecosystem that's all in one, um, that allows for you to connect the fans, uh, to the artists and do crowdfunding campaigns. So if uh, somebody is interested in supporting their, their album, um, they can go direct to the to the fans and offer that um, in our native cryptocurrency, which is IMU. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it'll be a social network as well. So something that you would see for for maybe, um, you know, Facebook or LinkedIn, which connects people directly um, mm -hmm. on a DM, but also um, in a group setting as well. So you'd have like channels um, that you can be a part of and they can be set public or they can be set private. So we are seeing now um, that that's really the interesting piece about cryptocurrencies and, um, you know, blockchain technologies is the fact that you are going aside from the intermediary, aside from, um, you know, the connecting piece and you're just going direct. So it's completely peer to peer. Mm -hmm. I'm going to send you this a block or I'm going to send you this transaction and we don't need anyone else in the middle. Mm -hmm. um, so it's completely removing the middleman. And that's what we're, um, the idea is that we're trying to do with the music industry and really can connect artists, fans and other stakeholders that are involved in the music industry to create their own ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's amazing. And I, I that definitely is, <laughs> is something that needs to happen. Um, you know, apart from just, like the rights issues that a lot of musicians have. Um, so I think that's fantastic that you guys are building up a platform that allow greater ownership to that. How far along are you in the project right now? Well, um, we have allowed to say that. Yeah, of course. Of course. No, everything's open source, um, mm -hmm. which is really great um, that we, that we're built, we're built upon Neo, which all of the code is on, on GitHub. Okay. So um, you can look at uh, what, what we've built. Uh, we have a prototype, which uh, won an award last November, and it shows the reward systems. It shows the usability of, um, you know, uploading a piece of music um, to the database and then and then doing the smart contract um, reward system. That was a prototype that was built on Neo, um, and we got a lot of great reviews from that and we have a UI UX mock-up as well that shows the interface. And, uh, once we go through the ICO, which we are, you know, raising a, a, a soft cap and a hard cap for, mm -hmm. then we will be able to put all of that back into the ecosystem to develop, um, and keep developing our pro our product. And we have some, some really exciting, um, ways that we're going to go about it. And we have a great team right now of about 30 people all distributed and uh, 10 of them are, are full-time on the core team. Okay. And um, we have all of our social networks working um, and we have a lot of interest, um, you know, from the community as well as from artists, uh, larger artists and 
just emerging artists as well. Um, I because I, I come from the classical world, I know how difficult it is for classical artists to get, um, you know, picked up by a, a, the traditional label or get their music produced or get their project funded. And for me, that was really the connecting piece in this project was that um, I said, we've got to think about the, the people that are just emerging as well as the people who are already well established um, in order for us to provide the same, the same opportunities. Um, but maybe in, of course, a different way. Of course, you know, uh, the people at the, at the top, top 40 music um, are going to want to connect with their fans um, and release their music in, you know, a couple different, couple different ways um, and provide maybe a value that way. Whereas an emerging artist wants to reach a different area of the world that's not maybe in front of them or their local network. Um, and maybe they might be interested in maybe Brazilian music um, or, you know, maybe in an African piece that's all done a cappella and can be recorded. And it'll be a connecting piece as well as a, a way for them to be funded on the, on the platform. And that's really what we're trying to build and try to be about, because I've done crowdfunding myself. And I know how difficult it is to compete with other projects that are on there, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether they are you know, support a children's, uh, a children's school and, you know, in Nicaragua, and, you know, and I, I'm like trying to say, Hey, send me to, to Europe so I can go sing, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, it's like a little different level of, uh, you know, of people who are going to be interested in your project. So, right. or, or willing to support you. So that's what we want to come up with is that there's nothing out there right now, as far as like Kickstarter, pa- Patreon or, um, Indiegogo, uh, that's just for artists and just mm-hmm. for artists to, to allow them as a launching pad um, to really get their, their project started. And that's, that's what we want to do. It's not about um, sharing in those rights and it's not about making a profit off of the artist. It's about funding the, the artist um, to get their content and get their creations out there so that everybody can enjoy it in a way that's, you know, fair for everyone. Mm-hmm. How, that's what uh, I do. How soon is your ICO or estimated we, date? Yeah, we're we're going to be doing it in about I think about 30, 30 days or so. Yeah. Oh, okay, so so July. So you're really soon then. Really soon, yeah. Probably we're going to be rolling it out um, about mid July. Okay. Okay. I think is when we're going to be doing it, and um, we've got some great ideas and some really good um, marketers behind the scenes. So we're excited to to bring it to market. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. In your own journey from from the different careers and paths you've taken, th- how have you approached those times when you were fearful and how have you o- overcome fear? Wow. Okay. That's a great question. Um, <laughs> uh, I think anytime you, you sort of, you know, meet an opportunity that might be risky or you may not know the outcome. I think that always instills a certain level of fear, whether, um, you know, it's stepping on the stage for the first time and, you know, doing a role that you've not done before or auditioning for a panel of judges that, you know, are just, you know, going to be the key to your next success Mm -hmm. or starting something up that you have no money or you have no funding. Um, and you're, you know, accepting, you know, services that you're, that you're trying to, you're trying to provide. And, 
you know, I mean, you, you need to do things before you can get success. Um, and we talked about this earlier, but I kind of like to hear more about people's failures than I like to hear about people's successes because mm-hmm. I feel like that pro- that propels you um, to be more successful. And I think we all need that fear. I think we're, sometimes we're a little too afraid of, of that fearful sensation <laughs> in a way mm-hmm. um, that we need to just push through it. And you really have to take yourself and, you know, just keep keep going forward um, and pick yourself up after it. And this is the other thing in music um, and being an artist, because all really good artists, if they mess up or if they miss a word or if they, um, you know, or have a mind block they still keep going because that energy is constantly, it's like their currency. You know, they're just constantly in motion. You're constantly going forward. And that's really, when you're talking about design thinking, you're talking about mind, um, you know, meditation. It's really just that control over your thinking and your way of, of perpetuating your success. And sometimes you stumble, you know, as you would for anything in the world. Um, but it's about how you how you're resilient and how you can get back up and keep going. Mm-hmm. So you've done a very good job of kind of weaving your your vocal career as well as your your other um, technical career. Have there been times when you regretted going to school for voice? Oh wow. Okay. Um, no. I've never regretted that I I went to school for voice. I think for me, it's actually a, um, it it, it surprises people because of where I'm at now and my interests that I have and um, the fact that I I just really love learning. um, Mm -hmm. And I I love learning more about everything, about how things things work, especially when you're looking at coding. Um, You know, it can be super frustrating sometimes to see things in a technical way um, and not understand how, how it all it fits together. But I always come from the premise of like, there's gotta be a solution for something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't ever look back on that and say, gosh, I wish I would have, uh, you know, got a degree in journalism or yeah, I wish I would have got a degree <laughs> in, you know, I don't know, customer, <laughs> customer, I mean, computer science. Sure. Um, because I, I, I feel that there's, there's always time. There's always time to keep learning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, both my parents actually went back to school and got their, um, my, my dad is his working on his bachelor's and my mother worked on his master's in their late fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. So, um, they, they've always instilled the idea to me that it's, it's an, never too late and you can keep learning and you can keep going. Um, with something that you, that you're interested in as long as you set your mind to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that really, you know, being in voice and being in music has only helped that. And it can only help, um, you know, the way that you think about things when you're applying that to the real world. And I, I just always say it. I, I, when I was working in New York city and, um, you know, I worked for an agency there, a temp agency. And they said, Oh, you know, we had, we had a singer here before last time and she was really good. And she was like really on the ball and very quick. And I'm like, oh, what happened? You know, when she leaves, like, oh, she got a gig somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, that's usually what happens. The singers just, they're always off and running to the next thing. Um, But they are really good. They always leave a good impression um, Mm -hmm. because they're quick and we have to, you know, put things in in motion and just, we just understand. I I don't know. It's it's hard to, 
I guess it's hard to, to put it into actual words, but it's not just singers. I'm saying it's all musicians, uh, which is why I think I'm a huge advocate for um, music education, um, music education in, in schools or privately, um, because that it's one of the four pillars that, that the you know, Greek philosophers really built their education system on. And to lose that fourth piece um, you're really losing out on, you know, your, the human experience. So I, I would never say to anyone that I, I wish I would have gotten a different degree. I'm really proud of my degree. I actually wish I would have kept going with my degree. <laughs> <laughs> but there's always time for that. Of course, of course. Lots of time. And as your voice matures, you'll even have greater range on a couple of different things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So with so. your own journey and the things that you have, uh, accomplished and seen what would you say has been the best advice you've ever received okay um gosh uh you know we've, we've <laughs> yeah yeah you know like this this question always gets gets to everyone doesn't it <laughs> yes it um does. but you know what i would have to say mine is very simple okay. um you know my my mom has always been kind of my hero. Um, she's always been my biggest fan. And it's it's really simple. She, you know, instead of saying to me, have a good day, she's always said to me, make it a great day. Mm-hmm. And if I could quote her in, in that, um, whenever she leaves me, that's, that's what she says. And I always take that in, into consideration because you do have ownership over your reality. And sometimes you can't, don't have ownership of the, uh, outcome or, you know, of, of the risk involves that, that you're a part of. But if you just tell yourself that I'm going to do my best to make it great and make whatever I have great, then, um, I can really deal with what I have right now and I can keep going forward. And sometimes that doesn't always work, but mm-hmm. that was, you know, her first round of advice. And, um, you know, I, I would say that's, one of my teachers also said the same thing to me um, as well when they, she said, if something is going completely wrong, just say to yourself that you have, you have the knowledge, you have everything in place already and, and just make it your own. So it was, it was those two pieces really. It was make it a great day and, and make it your own. And um, it's always really kind of been my, my go-to my go-to mm-hmm. saying, um, you know, when, when things sort of hit a wall for me. Yeah. Well, wonderful. And Thank you. Yeah. So very simple. <laughs> yeah. Simple, but, but absolutely, absolutely sage and fantastic wisdom. Thank you. Cool. You're right. Cool. Always, there are always times where we hit times, you know, hit a wall or, or in situations that we don't necessarily are having the most fun. So you're right. Controlling and having agency over how you react to them is, is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So, Jenny, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. If sure. the listeners would like to see what you're working on or get in touch with you, uh, what is the best way that can happen? Um, they can either you know reach out to me personally, um, you know, either through LinkedIn um, or on my website, um, on our website too. Um, you can just Google my name, really. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm pre- pretty much get back to everyone I possibly can. So if they want to reach out to me, please do. Wonderful. And I will, so I'll put some of those links in the show notes so they can click right through. Cool. That awesome. sounds great.
Well, again, Jenny, thank you so much. This has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you for sharing your journey with us. This has been great. Of course. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad you reached out to me and we uh, got to connect, even on different time zones. (laughs) Me too. For sure. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art Podcast. If you liked this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to AdvanceYourArt.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again, and have a great day.